Blog Talk Radio. about the late start there's uh, were a few technical difficulties um, with the studio today but welcome to a special edition of the Indie Cafe on the Red Velvet Media Network and that was a really cool song um, and also I want to say welcome um, to Spencer Drake and to my also my guest calling in I believe Phil is with us and um, I am going to bring both of them into the studio and today we're going to be talking about Punk Avenue inside the New York City Underground, 1972 to 1982. And um, that was one of the songs that my guest chose. And um, I'm going to bring everyone into the studio now, and we're going to get into this really quickly. Sorry about that being late again. Again, this show will be available afterwards on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media as a podcast afterwards on demand. Um, I also wanted to say really quickly, I am going to be launching the chat room. There was a little bit of an issue with launching the chat room. There will be a chat room launched as well. 
So let me bring everyone into the studio. I have Spencer Drake with me, and hey. Phil, are you there too? Spencer, and yeah, Phil, you both there? <laughs> hey guys, I am so sorry about that. And you know, um, okay. we are going to be very limited on time today because the studio is not working correctly. Um, so let's get. Is it into my song that broke the studio? It's the song that broke my studio, my love. Yes, it is. Crash. Oh, no, it's an amazing. That that's such a great song, and I have a really awesome song that I want to that we're going to be ending with today too. Um, so Phil, you're calling in from where? Where are you at today? Are you in New York? I'm in the subway right now. You're in the no, subway. I'm... Oh, nice. Okay. You're that's the underground, the Phil. That's the you're underground. In New York no, listen to this. He's in the New York City underground. So there you right, go. Yeah. <laughs> How more underground Perfect. can you get? If if suddenly you know that you can hear me, we're going uh, under the bridge. No, I'm in an apartment. I, I um, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not really in the subway. Oh well, <laughs> you know what? In the subway, out of the subway, we don't care. We're just glad you're here. Because right. this is a great book, and Spencer um, actually had you send a copy to me, and it's an amazing book. It's made really great. Um, I've got I've seen so many reviews on this book, um, and it can be purchased on Amazon and pretty much everywhere. And you're on Facebook, and also wanted to say this book um, is also has quite like I said quite a lot of reviews and amazing reviews and intros by. I believe Debbie Harry, and uh, we want to give a big shout out for Pollinator that got released outside today. And right. uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about um, Spencer. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you and Phil know each other, and a little bit about how this book came to be? Phil, why don't you tell our listeners a little yeah, bit about I, I who came, you are? I, it actually came by accident. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, but a good accident. I was on Facebook. And I noticed mm-hmm. that this book was popping up, and I said, "Wait a minute! This is like uh, there's something about this book. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's about about something about this book. So that's how it really connected off of Facebook. Uh, oh, that's awesome. how I got the first inc- yeah. That's how I got the first inkling of it. But um, I didn't know that. Out Way cool. Yeah, and uh, I got to tell you, it's uh, it's in there with the best. And that's uh, everybody book. we know. That's in the book. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got Lex Great. McNeil wrote a piece, Two Legs, and who's on our show with Holly and me, and we've had. Um, oh my God, I don't know. It goes it goes down the line in this book. I mean, there's a lot of people here uh, connected with the show, sort of, you know, in a sort of indirect way or yeah. direct way, right? Right. So um, it's about yeah. that period that we all know about. It's about that period we so, all know about. Yeah. So Phil, tell us a little bit about your whole thing about how this book came to be and. And um, a little bit about, you know, your background, because I know you have an amazing background. I've read a lot about you, and you're a very interesting person. <laughs> well, I came here when I was 17. I came to the States wow. in 72 to spend a month. You know, I was in art school in Paris, and uh, uh, as people will if they read the Punk Avenue, as they will read, because I talk about it in the book, I met a kid named Bruce in Amsterdam. He invited me to come uh, to spend a month and a summer uh, at his family home in Boston. And so I came just to spend one month, and I ended up spending 40 years. 
So I um, stayed much longer than I expected. Wow. You know, I had to call my parents to tell them I've, wow. I've been late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's were, amazing. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of stories in here. Tell us about. I mean, it's a yeah. not, this book is filled with stories. So. I mean, tell us about some stories here. We got Johnny Thunder. We got Bob Marley. Uh, it goes down the line. Tell us about some of these stories, uh, Phil. Well, is there any any story in particular you were thinking about, or? Um, uh, yeah, I was thinking about um, John, the cl- you opened for the Clash at Bonds Casino. That was interesting, right? That was especially cool because it came like so quick. Like we, um, it, they added another, a second week at Bounce. They already had played a, a week, and there's so many tickets sold that they added a week. And um, we hoped that maybe they didn't book all the band to open up for the second week. So, uh, but then we didn't really know how to get in touch with them. Though we had met Paul and uh, Joe Strummer a few months before when they dropped by Max's Kansas City. They saw us play, the Sanders, my band. They really dug us, so there was a bit of a connection made. Anyway, that day, my, the best player of the band, Steve, we were riding on a motorcycle, and uh, we passed in front of the Gramercy Hotel. We see a whole bunch of punk rockers there, and we figured it out that the, the clash must be here, you know. So I ran in the hotel. I, I, I still had the helmet on my head, you know, and didn't even bother to take it off. And I, I just wanted to leave my phone number to the concierge, you know. And at that very moment, Paul Simonon walks in the, in the hotel, but I couldn't get to him because he was surrounded by fans trying to get his autograph. <laughs> so just when he got into the elevator, I was able to give him my phone number, and just very quickly, as the door of the elevator was closing, I said, we'd love to open up for Europe, and the door closed. So I thought, well, I'll never hear from him. That very night, his manager called me and said, hey, do you guys want to open up for the Clash? I said, well, sure, when? (laughs) Tomorrow night. So we found ourselves the next day playing at Bonds, so it was a nice surprise. It was very scary, though, because... The Grandmaster Flash, you know, the legendary rap band, yeah. was they mm-hmm. went on right before us. But the, you know, the average American punk rocker was not really hip to rap yet. They thought that was part of disco. They thought that was the enemy, you know. So they got booed off the stage in the most cruel way. They were throwing literally thousands of uh, coke cans at them, and it was just raining bottles. And so then we had to go on. So it was a bit scary, you know. But something really kind of comical happened is that the lights were very dark when they told us run on stage. So people just saw the silhouettes get on stage. And the entire room went bananas thinking, it's the clash. So there was a huge, and then the light came on. There was a bit of confusion, like, wait a minute, that's not them. And one can <laughs> immediately came flying at me, missed me by an inch. I thought, this isn't, oh, oh my no, God, no, no. this is going to be rough. Uh, but lucky for us, within one song, they completely accepted us, and uh, it went on really good. They loved it. So it was it was a great night for us. And okay. we've been so thankful what, to what, the clash yeah. ever since. <laughs> yeah, the, let me ask you a question. There's a, something, there's a whole bunch of things here. Holly will probably chime in on something, uh, too. But there's a, Ramones play their first gig at a party. I, tell me about this. All right, so that I can kind of, I, I kind of verify the facts on the internet since, and I found that it was actually their third, 
But okay. I have no idea because, like I said in the book, Didi Ramon told me it was the very first gig. Right. So I just right. repeated what he told right. me. Sure. But, sure. but what happened is that in 74, I was living in Boston, and uh, we'd spend the summer in Provincetown, and we met this couple in Provincetown. Their name was Oni and Benton, and they liked us a lot, mm-hmm. my friend Bruce and I, and they had a big loft on West Broadway. They, it's a beautiful loft in which they sold uh, uh, furniture and artifacts from Nepal. So they went to Nepal oh, wow. every month or so and brought back all this beautiful stuff and sold it for a fortune. They were doing very good. And since they liked us a lot, they decided to throw a party, which only theme was to welcome me to New York. I mean, they actually printed advice that say a party oh, wow. to welcome Philip and Bruce to New oh. York City. Wow. So we went How there cool and that? it was very, yeah. that was pretty cool, right? And but it was yeah. kind of intimidating for me because there was all these famous people from the underground, you know, like uh, Robert Mapplethorpe and, wow. you know, all these famous uh, underground scene artists. So there was a big uh, bowl of um, punch, you know, of alcohol on the bar there. And I thought maybe I'd loosen up a bit, get more social by being slightly drunk. So I took one <laughs> glass, then I took a second glass, and at this point, Omni, the, the host, walked up to me and said, ah, so you like the electric punch? And at the very <laughs> oh, moment no. she said that, the whole room went completely psychedelic. <laughs> I started to have hallucination, and I realized, oh, fuck, there was acid in the drink. You know, in the so I'm tripping on acid. So talk about being social. I tried to hide in a dark corner, you know, avoiding all the people I was supposed to meet. And then around one or two in the morning, I see uh, tripping on acid. I see this four guy walks in in a row, you know, and uh, with their leather jackets and the tight jeans and stuff. And I'm like, take a load of those guys. And they're setting up their equipment and they start to play one, two, three, four. And it just blew me away. And it was even more spectacular to see that in a, you know, everybody in there was like still from the EP scene. They're very artsy, fartsy, you know, with the long hair yeah, yeah. and all. And then you got the Ramones, the future of American rock and roll, totally. And uh, they were incredible. And it just, like I say, really blew me away. Wow. And so, like I say in the book, I told that story to Dee Dee in the that late 80s so or maybe funny. the early 90s. That and funny. that's when he said to me, oh, wow, yeah, that party, only that was our very <laughs> first gig, man, even wow. before we played the clubs and stuff. So, uh, indeed, they had played, I verified it, they had played twice before. But still, it was so much the beginning. I was very lucky to see the dawn of the of the back of the Ramones. And uh, I didn't know at the time, but yeah, they were brand new. And they were already fabulous, wow. you know, and they, yeah, they really, yeah. they were so great. What an incredible uh, what thing. Is the, what is the, uh, there's a thing in the book about you talk about vacuum cleaners with Sid Vicious. Tell us about that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, God. I thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> my ex-wife and I had a store on 7th Avenue. We sold like 50s clothes and stuff, all that retro stuff. And, um, you know, so every morning I went there and then vacuumed and stuff. But our vacuum cleaner broke. <laughs> So I took it to the shop to be repaired. And the shop was on 23rd Street. <laughs> so I'm walking up 23rd Street, 
And I was, by then, I had been a good friend of Nancy Spongen. I knew her since 75. And actually, when she went to England, I was the guy that that convinced her to go to England because uh, she was badly strung out on, on heroin and she was miserable. So I told her she should just leave town and try to clean up. She didn't know where to go. I told her at first she may go to Paris. It would be nice. But she didn't want to go to Paris because she didn't speak French. I said, how about you go to London? And so she thought about it and thought it was a good idea after I kind of convinced her and uh, I take the opportunity to apologize to the Sex Pistols for convincing Nancy Spongeon to go to England. Oh, but anyway, funny. that day I was getting my vacuum cleaner from the repair shop. <laughs> I walk in front of the Chelsea, and Nancy and Sid, Sid Vicious, <laughs> they had just came back from England. And by coincidence, she was just stepping out of the hotel. So she sees me, hey, Philippe, what are you doing? So I got to introduce you to Sid, you know, and... and Sid Vicious comes out after her, you know, just like, uh, you know, like totally out of it. And she said, this is my good friend, Phil. And he couldn't give a flying fuck, you know, and he just like, uh, hello. <laughs> and uh, so, and then she said, well, what are you doing? You know, all bubbly. And so I felt like a bit stupid. You know, I said, well, um, I'm on my way to pick up something. So then Sid Vicious kind of woke up, you know, when I said, then I'm picking up something. Uh, you have to keep in mind he was, he was uh, really interested in drugs. And so uh, he said, uh, he, got, he got close to my face and kind of whispered, so, uh, yeah, what you picking up? So I said, uh, a vacuum cleaner. So what's really funny is that he thought that was a New York slang for dope. Oh, and so wow. then he got oh, no. really interested, and he said, that is funny. a vacuum cleaner. Oh, yeah. What, what's that? So I told him, well, you know, vacuum cleaner to clean the rug, you know, you, you plug it in the wall, you know, it goes like this, you know, and, and suddenly it occurred to me, this is really funny. I'm explaining to Sid Vicious, that's a vacuum cleaner, and what he's looking at me like I'm completely insane, mm-hmm. and uh, once he understood it was on drug, he lost, he lost interest completely. I think he was more into drugs than vacuum cleaners, really. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so you played and you played drums for Johnny Thunder's band, right? Gang War for that band Gang War with Wayne Kramer from MC5. Wow, incredible! Yeah, you can imagine my excitement, especially since he called me up. I was a good friend uh, with Johnny Thunder by then, and so he called me up one day. Hey Phil, I'm gonna make a band with Wayne Kramer. And they, Whoa! I said that's what a great fucking idea. That's gonna be incredible. <laughs> He said, yeah, yeah, we're starting to make some demo tapes, and um, we get, we're, in, uh, we're in Detroit, where we're, we're in Ann Arbor, and uh, we need oh, a drummer, no. you know, and so I played drums, you know, I mean, I was the singer in the Senders, but I played drums, and that was my first thing. He wow. said, uh, do you want to come play drums with us? I said, yeah, but you just said you're in Ann Arbor. How am I going to get to Ann Arbor? He said, well, we're going to buy you a plane <laughs> ticket immediately. So they did. So that very night, I landed in Ann Arbor, and Wayne Kramer wow. came to pick me up at the airport. Wow. And I was like, you know, pinch me. And uh, oh, wow. so we did three days of recording, and it was just incredible. It was fabulous. One funny thing that happened is that when we got to the studio, uh, the guy who owned the studio was really a square. He was this older man that was very, very straight. And when he saw that Motley crew came out of the car, 
he got a bit freaked out. So <laughs> he he said, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I, you know, before you can enter the studio, I want everybody to show me their ID. So they had oh, a manager no. with them, and the manager goes, uh, you must be joking, you know, this is a, this is a very famous musician. This is Wayne Kramer from MC5. And right here you got Johnny Thunders from the New York Dolls. And the guy actually goes, oh, yeah, don't try to pull any, any crap on me because my son is a big fan of the New York Dolls, so we're going to see about this. I mean, he li- <laughs> literally took it that way. Then he calls his son because the studio was right downstairs from the house. So he called the son, hey, Billy, come down here a minute. So this fat kid comes out. He's in Bermuda that shorts, you know. And he comes out, and his father goes, this one over there, is he in the New York Dolls? And so his son gets closer to Johnny and turns to his dad and said, Dad, it's Johnny Thunders, the guitar player. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the whole mood got much nicer after that. And we recorded in that studio for three nights in a row. It was really wow. great. So tell us oh, the Madonna wow. story now. You you rehearsed the next to Madonna, <laughs> the pre-days, her pre-days? Yes. Uh, we were rehearsing in a place called the Music Building, uh, 7th Avenue. It was, like a, it was like a fucking rehearsal factory. There must have been 200 <laughs> studios in there. And wow. it's so it was like three studio a floor. And uh, on our floor, it was great because on the left of us, there were swans. A very crazy wow. experimental band, and on the other side was Madonna, and um, I, have the, I say in, my, in Punk Avenue in the book that I have a theory about this, and my theory, a very serious theory, is that God, you know, God himself, <laughs> was watching the Sanders playing, you know, and he thought we were kind of cool, and he decided to throw his big powerful, mighty power onto us, you know, so he, he put his finger towards our studio and this huge flame, this lightning of magical power came down on us, but he, he didn't aim exactly, you know, he, he, uh. he didn't aim very good and <laughs> he just missed us by a couple of, <laughs> by a couple of feet and, a, and the big flame of almighty power Oh my fell God. on Madonna that was uh, waiting for the elevator <laughs> outside the studio. And so the rest is a story. And, and, but that's, um, that's really what happened. Uh, well, that's my theory, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. What, what about the Bob, now the Bob Marley story? You smoke pot with Bob Marley. Yes, in 73, early 74, it might have been, that in Boston, there was a little um, underground movie theater. We used to go to a lot. They showed really cool underground movies. And one night, we were really amazed by the film we saw called The Harder They Come with Jimmy Cliff. And um, we were so blown away. That was kind of like the first our first exposure to reggae. And, we, you know, after we saw that movie, we wanted to find out more about reggae. And so this very same week when we saw an ad in the Boston Papers and reggae concert, we went and so we're sitting in this club. It wasn't, it wasn't a very big place at all. And we, I could smell pot coming from the dressing room. And we thought, well, I'd like to, to have some too, you know. <laughs> so we just opened up the door that says, you know, uh, staff only. But we followed the smell down this corridor to this room, this dressing room, where we saw a bunch of Rasta dudes smoking a huge spliff. 
So we just sat there, like, uh, casually, like, uh, nothing special. And they shared the joint with us. And the one sitting next to me had a lot of charisma, and he was skinnier than the others. He seemed very cool. I talked with him for a bit. We smoked the joint. Wow. Then we went back into the room. We saw the concert, and it stoned out of our mind. It was <laughs> fabulous. Wow. And then I kept the the newspaper ad. It was actually taped on the wall where I lived because I love that concert so much. And Aww. it took a long time before maybe a couple of years that that yeah. band that we saw that night was called the Wellers. But oh, we wow. didn't know yeah. them. We'd never heard yeah. of the Wellers. So we wow. didn't realize until much later we had smoked a joint with Bob Marley having no idea who the hell he was. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what that's happened really cool. with Bob Marley. <laughs> And, we uh, have we have another yeah. we have somebody calling in. Um, let okay. me see who it is real quick. Do you mind? Yeah. Let me, let me Maybe it's my mom. She's you. wondering uh, how I'm doing. <laughs> uh, you didn't come home for maybe, dinner, Philip. Maybe it's maybe it's my stalker. Hold on a minute. <laughs> we'll take time. Maybe it's your stalker, and he's also a big fan of the Senders. And I he wants to read Punk Avenue. Hold on, let's see who it Ooh. is. Hold on a minute. Okay, three three nine. I couldn't be the stalker because I'm that? the stalker. Three three nine. Hello. Three three nine. You're not saying anything. Hello. Can you hear me? I can barely hear you. Oh yeah, we'll go. Hello. Can you yeah, hear me? Hello, hello. Who is Hi, that? hey, it's Brian Young. Sadiq. Ah, Brian Young from Boston. Yeah, what's going on? Hey. How you doing, Brian? To, I'm doing great. I was trying to figure out how to stream this, and I called in, and I've been listening to your wonderful stories, which I just read all about as well. <laughs> <laughs> there you but go. Philippe, Philippe will be calling my show tomorrow, and uh, I'm sure he can tell you guys all about that. Philippe, we'll talk later, right? Okay, Brian. Yes. Thanks, Phil. What what show? Thank do you. you have, Thanks Brian? for calling. That's that's ninety one point five WMFO in Medford, Massachusetts. It's tough to right. Phil's oh, gonna cool. be on my show tomorrow. To, Phil will be on my show tomorrow at three p.m. He's gonna call oh, in. Great, and we'll, great. We'll talk oh, great. Oh, cool. Well, he's on this one today, and I'm so glad you called in today. He's on our show at two p.m. So that's awesome. I'm glad he's gonna be on tomorrow. That's awesome. Great. Yeah, how do I stream this? I mean, I'm listening to you on the phone right now. You can you can go to Blog Talk Radio and you can see the live now button and push it, and you can also stream it. it it'll also be on iTunes afterwards as a podcast, and right. it will and it's also on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio, and the Indie Cafe. And any link that we posted on Facebook or Twitter or any social network will take you right to the show. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah. You have a good You're show. You're welcome. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you, Brian. Yes, listen for Phil well, tomorrow on w, WMFO. Okay. Medford. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Well, there that was not go. a question. That was a plug. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's what. Well, now that that's Brian called I, tonight, that's, I, don't have hey. to, I don't have to call him tomorrow. <laughs> I've got the whole show. Hey. He'll be on my show tomorrow at 3 o'clock. That's why I said that's why he's on my show today at 2 o'clock. Uh, Thank you very much. So there you go. What a nerve. How do you stream it? How do you stream it? Well, our, he obviously was streaming it to hear it, but that's okay. 
good luck tomorrow on Brian on Brian's show. I, I hope yeah, you yeah. have Brian a is a very nice Brian. kid. I just met him the other yeah. night. He drove all the way from Boston to the to the show we did at Poisson Rouge on Bricker Street. Very so that cool. was very nice. And um yeah. <laughs> uh, how, hey, l- well, listen, you're here oh, with oh. us now, and we've been talking about all these amazing stories that are in your book and about, <coughs> you know, all the really cool stuff, The Clash and Bob Marley and Sid Vicious and vacuum cleaners and, let's see, Madonna. <laughs> um, but what about Nancy Spongeon's cats? But, yeah, yeah the cats. let's talk about that. Let's talk about Go the cats. Yeah. Poor cats. You want me to tell you about the cat? <laughs> yeah, tell us yeah, about the cat. I want to hear about Lestata. Yeah, go. go. All right, well, what happened is Nancy was a good friend, and like I said a minute ago, I convinced her to go to England to kick her heroin habit, and, uh, which didn't turn out to be the best idea in the world. But she had mm-hmm. a big cat, big black cat. And uh, when she left, she asked me if I could take care of the cat. So, okay, so I said, yeah, sure, you can leave me the cat. But what I didn't know, uh, that I unfortunately find out, was that the cat was hooked on to heroin, too. Oh, my uh, oh it's no. not a joke. He really oh was, no. yeah. She explained to me after that he had been attracted to the smell, I guess, of opiates in the spoon in which she cooked her heroin. She would just put the dirty spoon in the sink, and the cat found that and started licking oh them. Oh, no. And, so you he know, was going it, through a straw. Big time when then I had a little I had a little kitten, a cute little tiny kitten. Uh, the name of my kitten was Poof, and um, when she dropped off the cat, he didn't feel like playing with Poof at all. You know, he wanted a fix <laughs> right away, and uh, <laughs> so he went to hide under the furniture. But the next morning, I woke up to the screams of cats. You know, so I I cut up to see what the hell was going on, and. Um, Nancy's cat had poof by the throat, and I saw there was some blood. I mean, he was oh, really no. going to kill him. So I Oof. made the terrible mistake to try to grab him by the back of the neck to get him off my oh, kitten. No. And But I had no idea what a junkie cat can do. And this cat was just going through withdrawal, and he was just going insane. So wow. as soon mm-hmm. as I grabbed the back of his neck, he turned around and plunge every teeth and claw into my forearm oh, no. with an incredible strength. I mean, Jeez. it was so tight on my arm, I couldn't believe it. I nearly wow. passed out, but I just screamed my head off, and it was, you know, very painful. I had all these teeth and all this cloud, uh, you know, deep into my forearm. So I, I didn't know what to do, so I, I couldn't rip him off my arm. I, I would have ripped my my uh, flesh to shreds, you know, so wow. I, I just had to hit his head against the wall a few times, and it knocked him out a bit, and he let go of my arm, and oh. I went to the hospital, but I had just a, a few stitches, <laughs> but I was okay, and then, you know, the poor cat, he went cold turkey, and um, we had him for years, he, he became a very nice good kitty, and um, cool. and he was he was a lovely cat, but the first day was a bit rough. Yeah. So tell us about your writing with uh, Debbie Harry on French lyrics with her songs. Tell us about that story. Yeah, Debbie was so sweet, and she's, of course, she still is. She's really a great person. And um, the first time we got to open up for them. Somebody have the show on. Somebody have the show on. Yeah, I hear an echo. Yeah, me. Yeah. So do I. Is there another phone? 
there's like an echo on it. Ah, uh, uh, echo, echo, echo. It's Maybe funny. Maybe Wait, we got to look. Maybe somebody you know has what? a phone on. No. Hello? Is it better Hello? now? No. Uh, yeah. No, still the same echo. Maybe we need to turn off one phone. Wow. No, it's not from here. Not from here either. Where? Fuck the Because I'm not picking up any echo. I'm not getting any echo, Holly. I'm hearing myself. Oh, is it gone? And, um, no, it's still here. Still... <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. You know what we should do? I'm going to stop to feel like I'm tripping on acid, like we're in the room. I'm going to walk in. <laughs> you're, you're drinking the, the rainbow punch. The rainbow yeah, punch. Exactly. Is, is yeah. Rainbow, or was it glitter punch or something like that? Yeah, um, yeah. You know what we should do really quick is uh, we have to, uh, my studio is kind of like freaking out. I don't know what's going on today. And Spencer, what I talked to you about earlier is happening on the studio right now. I had to change my thing twice. Yep. Um, Yeah, which is fine. Um, It's It's kind of funny, though. It gives (laughs) special effects. Yeah, I know. It's special effects. You know what I think we should do, Spence, is um, I would love to have Phil back on the show. Okay. Um, to do a whole show about, you know, more stuff because yeah, right. we can talk totally. as long as we can until this thing uh, decides to go bye-bye. No, out. But that's okay. That's okay. No, it's okay, all good. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Philip, it's like coming down from Mescaline. That's what it's like, coming down from Mescaline. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Don't, don't say that. Drugs. I'm going to have a flashback. <laughs> I'm starting to see little stars and stuff. <laughs> well, you're going to have oh, to cook God. some mushrooms with me, man. Peyote buttons with me, okay? I was okay, lucky. Okay, I okay, never okay, did okay, any of okay, that okay. stuff, I guess. Okay. I don't know. So, Holly, wow. what, what do you want to do, Holly? This is trippy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's no. Brian's fault in Boston. He didn't it's hang up Brian's his phone right. <laughs> yeah, Brian true. Could be. Fault, right. Hey, Brian. <laughs> hang up. I think he's trying to sabotage you so that his show would be better. Sabotage. After me, the bushy be play. No. Oh man, it, it's really strong now. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. Maybe put some reverb, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, really quickly. Why don't we say where this book is available and how they can get it, okay, really quickly. Okay, the book is in store now. It's called Punk Avenue. It's from Free Room Press. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I'm going to repeat that in case you didn't hear me good because you thought it's actually called Punk, 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 Avenue, 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 Avenue. No, it's called Punk Avenue right. by Three Rooms Press. It's available in the bookstores right now. Also, Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. Come, 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 come. <laughs> And oh, listen! I want to I want to thank Cat George, Cat uh, George for sending us books. Cat, oh uh, yeah, Cat, give Cat a big shout out. Wait a minute, yeah, hello, oh, Cat. Gotta thank you, Cat. Okay, Cat's not here right now, but I will tell her. Cat she's great. She's great. Cat. She's great. 
cat. She's the greatest cat that you had from your friend. She's not the same. Oh, cat. no, that's this another cat. Nancy Spongeon's cat, cat no, yeah. is not the same cat. I'm, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to say there is three rooms for his cat, and Nancy Spongeon's cat is completely unrelated. Unre- <laughs> <laughs> the head trip is let's totally give your, Let's give your website out really quick. Yeah. My website, well, I'm on yeah. Facebook, Film Arcade. Yes. yes. So please come in and join me, everybody, on Facebook, and there's a lot of fun mm-hmm. talking about the book and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also a Three Room Press uh, page on Facebook and a Punk Avenue page that's just all about the book on Facebook also. Yeah. That's important. Yep, yep. That's the one that I was talking about that we should talk about. So it's on Facebook, guys. Go there and like it, and you can actually yeah. order the book, and you can see pictures. There's so many photographers and stuff, I'm sure, that just, like, have so much stuff in this book, and there's so much information in this book as well. It's it's that's true that there's a lot of good pictures, and I talk about her insane. a lot in the book. I was, a, I was a good friend of Nan Golden, so mm-hmm. it's also some wow. interesting things about her and John Waters and that old crowd. Wow. Yeah, no. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny that I go, I tell you, it's insane. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, tell us about, the, wait a minute, you wrote, you wrote songs with uh, Madonna, uh, with... Um, with Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. I was just starting to tell you about this when the echo began. Yeah. You think I should try anyway? Yeah, I yeah, tried try to it. ignore the echo. We were opening up for Blondie at a, a place on 8th mm-hmm. Avenue called the Elgin Theater. And as I walk in from the, for the sound check, she walks up to me and says, Oh, Phil, we were looking for you everywhere because we're doing this song and I need your help. And then she explained what she was talking about. They were doing a cover of, of a song by Randy and the Rainbows called Dennis. But the song is actually called Denise. But, right. you know, she changed it to a guy because she's a girl. And then oh. she, want, she thought the name Denise sounded kind of French. So they decided to do a verse or two in French to mm. give it a little, you know, like picnic chic French, uh, French touch. So she needed my help because I guess I was the only one right there who spoke French. So we sat down, and uh, I helped them with the lyrics of Dennis, the French verses, you know, and um, that's, what I, that's what happened. So the part that's in French in the book was uh, my, my contribution. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's whenever great. you hear Denise, Denise, think of me. Okay, great. <laughs> wow, good story. No, I think I think that's really important that you know you talk about that. And you know what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to switch this over so maybe the echo will go away and we can finish our oh, okay. 18 minutes. I don't think we're going to be able to play music though because it's going to echo. Okay. Um, Even the the music will echo too. The music will wow. echo too because something's not going on. Something's going wrong here. I don't know, but. Um, oh. Do we want to talk more? We definitely want to talk more. Well, can and I mention my event coming up, Holly? Of course, yeah. Talk. Let's let's hear about your event, Spencer. Well, I've got to I've got to put a minute here. Uh, Judith my, and myself are going to have a major event of it's a whole thing of our music design life, which has been very iconic. We're in 
major collections of MoMA, uh, AIGA, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame vinyl collection. And we're going to have a uh, our venue, uh, the show of our life, at Howell Gallery, May 18th, 7 to 9 p.m. That's at 6 East 1st Street on the Bowery. Um, Mm-hmm. And it'll be a fun mm-hmm. evening. We're going to have Sylvia Reed with John Holmstrom with us from the Ramones uh, family, and it should. And we're going to describe how we went through all our album cover concepts and stories that no one's heard about, from from mm-hmm. Lou Reed, from Lou Reed to the Ramones to Talking Heads to John Bon Jovi and everybody we worked on. So it should be a very fun evening. I just wanted, to, and thanks a lot, Holly. I want to put that plug in there. Way cool. No. Did you did you notice the echo stopped? Oh no, there it goes again. Oh. What Spencer, is going on is it here? You? Is it you, Spencer? It, I don't know. No, it, really it must don't. be from my connection because when Spencer talked, I didn't hear the echo. Wow, uh, Spencer, you're lucky. Really, something's hear, going on. Do you hear? Do you hear an echo on my end? No, oh, yeah, big time. I don't. I don't. I do. Really? Oh, when you speak, really I yeah. Uh, wow, it's really strange. See, I don't hear it. It's really my phone. I don't hear any echo at all from both of you. Very bizarre. I think maybe people could call We're in well, to let us know if they if they hear the echo or not. Well, I was able I was able to switch this over to a different um a different uh, MacBook area, so it's yeah. fine. Um. So we're able we're able to I'm gonna to try to play music at the end and we're gonna still continue our um conversation. You know what I wanted to ask Bill was um I wanted to ask him what his whole inspiration for doing this book was because I know that we talked a little bit about all the different stories. He had so many things to talk about. Um I know growing up and living in Paris and um I mean I've spent a lot of time there so I know it's like such a different world when you come over here. Um what what you have so many fun things that you shared with us. What would you like to say about how this came about, and who really were your, who was your mentor to really bring you about writing and sharing your experiences? Well, what happened really is I've been thinking in the back of my head mm-hmm. about the idea of doing a book about these times for a while, mm-hmm. but I just I just didn't know if I would have enough really to fill up a whole book. So I walked around for about six months with a notebook in my back pocket, and whenever an old mm-hmm. anecdote would come to mind, I would take down a couple of notes so not to forget them again. And in no time, my little, my little notebook was completely filled up with little title like Nancy's cat or uh, I threw up in some girl's mouth or I set some uh. guy's attaché case on fire. You know, so, it, <laughs> so then I had all the stories, you know, but I just didn't know when I was going to actually sit down and do it. And then what finally got me to do it is I broke my front tooth. And uh, what happened is I went to the NYU clinic. They told me that the two teeth around, right in front of my mouth, in the my upper jaw, were also goners. So they had to pull them out. So I had three teeth missing in the front of my mouth. So you can imagine it didn't look too cool. So I kind of, they gave me like a temporary denture, but it didn't fit me, and I couldn't talk with it. So I shied mm-hmm. away from friends for a while. They, t- they told me it was going to take two months. It turned out it took five months for them oh, to wow. manufacture wow. me 
a frontal bridge so I could have teeth in my mouth. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. during that winter, I just stayed home, avoided my friends because I look completely stupid with no teeth, you know. So I had to do something (laughs) to go insane. And uh, I was writing email to my nephew, Pierre, in France. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. And he kept inquiring about those days. Tell me about the punk rock scene. Tell me about Maxis, CBGB. So I started writing a few chapters, and he dug them so much, he got me into continuing. You know, I had an audience of one, and it wow. was enough for me to keep going and keep going. And uh, by the time I got my bridge done, I had a book finished. So I guess if I didn't break my uh, tooth, I would so uh, not have written this book. Yeah. 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 Had that and it was great because I, had, I was completely isolated. Uh, I didn't have uh-huh. a girlfriend at the time. I didn't even I, I didn't have a cat or nothing, you know, and there was just no distraction. So especially no junkie cat. And um so I got completely into it and That's, uh, it was a great joy. It was really a great joy. Uh, wow, great. It was it That's was amazing. fun writing it. You know, I know a lot of people that go away just to write music and to be able to just be in their creative moments and they they know that that's what they need to do for themselves. They just go away and they do they need it. To break and, their you know, for tooth. you, yeah, it's kind of it's, kind of a, it's a bit extreme, you know, to uh, you know to actually break your tooth just to write a book, you know. But <laughs> no, but that well, you know, you never you never know really why things happen that way. You know, that's what's strange about no. life. So it's kind of, right, Holly. So you fall into these exactly right. You know, so you don't know why you're doing it. Right. Yeah. You know what I wanted to ask Phil, we're, and we're okay on time now, so I, ext- I was able to extend the show and I moved everything over. I haven't gotten rid of the echo yet, but what I wanted to say to was... To say the um, least. <laughs> pardon me? I what? No, I just said to, to say the least, the echo is still there, full blast here. Yeah, the echo's still there. We're going to blame it on our on our calls. Um, but anyway, I'm no. I'm kind of getting it's used fine. to it. It was there before then. I am. It's nice. It actually is cool because it helps us catch ourselves. Um, you know, what I wanted to say to you was, what are you currently working on right now? What am I working on? Yeah, what are you working on right now, my dear? I'm working on promoting the book, but uh, I'm not working on another book yet. I doubt that I will. Uh, or first, I would have to leave another crazy 30 years before I... <laughs> before I write but, uh, Phil, you're playing, aren't you? You're playing too. So, are you playing around at all? You know. What I'm yeah, saying? we no, heard you were we just playing. Did a f- we just did a fabulous gig at the, the other night, right. and that was the book launch party, and it was a total blast. Um, I sang, the Rousers played, Lenny Kay, right. Andy Shonoff, and Daddy Long Legs, which is a young band that's. They're, I think they're the best band in the world, and wow. they're just incredibly good. I recommend them to anybody who's hearing me right now. You should check out Daddy Long Legs. They're incredible. Really? And uh, so we, there was also the Waldos with Waltoler from the Heartbreakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was a big, big party, and I sang. But, you know, my band, The Senders, stopped in 2001. I haven't been, I haven't been playing rock and roll for a few years. I, uh, now I live in Italy. And basically, I do my other love, which is painting and drawing. Oh, great. Oh, wow. nice. Yeah, so, yeah. Painting Excellent. and drawing? What is yes, your Yes, that was actually my, f- 
my first thing, you know, I I paint uh, oil on canvas. That's uh, nice. That's what I have to do. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> any cool. any kind of subjects? Are you just doing um, abstracts, or are you doing landscape? Or oh no no no, it's not abstract at all. It's mostly people. Uh, I'm doing kind okay. of a series of girls with beehives. You know, beehives the very tall hair. Yeah yeah. Uh huh. Well, they're very rock and roll paintings, you know. It's uh, I can't help that. Nice. But, nice. Yeah, they're, yeah. <laughs> you need to have an art opening when you finish those an exhibit. Yeah. Right. I would That's love to. I mean, really seriously. Yeah, it's true. It'd be kind of cool. Cool. If if, yeah. if but right somebody now, I you know, know my. I have a I guess all my energy is into um, is into uh-huh. Punk Avenue. You know, that's that's really yeah. sort of what I'm doing now. But you know. Uh, on the, on, on my free time, I like cool. painting. That's your emotional wow. outlet besides your book. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. Are you, um, and, and I know last week when we were getting ready to do a show, one of the people called in and said that they were glad it wasn't that day you had blown your voice out. Was that at the gig you were just talking about? Yeah, totally. You, Listen uh, to me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I over a little bit. I'm a little bit rusty, and uh, I thought it was just your your French accent and your sexy voice. That's what I thought. You oh, know. Well, thank you. Maybe I should just keep blowing <laughs> my voice if you. Uh, hey, <laughs> I'm gonna. I want one more story. Uh, uh, Philip, tell us about you got mugged. You got mugged or something? Is that right? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you, Spencer. Right? Did you did you get mugged or something? Did I get mugged? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, I got mugged quite a few times, but in the book I talk about the last time I got mugged. Was very lucky. I had just kicked heroin. I, <laughs> what's funny about that? Holly, she's she's gone bunker. I'm down, Holly. Let him talk. Let him talk. I'm laughing. I'm laughing because he said, "Did you get mugged?" Well, that's what's in the book. Did you get a in the book, Holly? I think I the, I think the, the echo is starting to get to you. <laughs> oh, tell no, a story. Tell a story. No. Tell a story, Phil. No, it's like one of the last thing in the book that I just kicked her away and I spent, I, I went, you know, through the the withdrawal, the cold turkey, and two months went by, and like an idiot, like I attempted to do it just one more time, one last time. Of course, yeah. that's when you fall back in the trap of going right back into it, and then yeah. you're back into it, you know. And so I did buy some heroin, and um, I felt like I had a guardian angel because this big Puerto Rican dude snuck up on me with a gun. He stuck it on my stomach and, you know, ripped me off and mugged me, took my dope. So wow. I wasn't able oh, to wow. go back to heroin, and I think Jeez. that saved my life. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That is, well, that was the last time I tried to get this stuff. That was in 1983. I'm so happy to mm-hmm. still be around today to talk about it, you know. Most of my friends are not, and so I do feel kind of lucky. Yeah. Very cool. grateful, <laughs> yeah. No, that's, yeah, really. that's an important thing. You know well, what it's not very good say. stuff to do. I don't recommend it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. We have, we have, I'm sure, a lot of friends that have done it and are doing it or whatever, are in recovery. A lot of them share their stories, and I think it's really important. That's that's kind of trippy 
and you had a cat withdrawing from it too in your house. That's that's just crazy. I'm surprised the cat yeah, lived. It's true that there is a lot of animals on drugs in Punk Avenue. There's also mm-hmm. the dog who ate my pot, and I talk about a monkey too at one point that Andy Warhol now, tried to buy, but but it, but it, well, my friend Bruce, I met in Amsterdam, and a monkey, a squirrel monkey, named Joseph. Mm-hmm. He was really cute, and uh, one night there was a party at his house, and Andy Warhol and his entourage showed up, and when Andy saw the monkey, he just had to have it. So he he approached my friend Bruce and told him, listen, I want to buy your monkey. And, and told him, well, he's not for sale. <laughs> but but Andy Warhol kept raising the offer. You know, it went from 1000 to 5000 to 10000 to a painting. So, of course, my friend Bruce was pulling his hair out with these offers. But he loved Joseph too much. And he, he didn't want to sell it to Andy Warhol. So he never yeah. got it. <laughs> Good. So Joseph, Joseph the monkey. That's funny. Joseph the monkey. What you have a lot of animal stories. Do you have any more animal stories? You had a cat. Well, there was like I said, a dog who ate my butt. That was kind of funny. I found a dog on the street, and he was very cute. So I took him home, and he was just so sweet. He went to sit in the corner in the kitchen, and I went to sleep. And the next morning, when I woke up. I found I had no coffee. So I told the dog, oh, you step up, I'm going to get some coffee, and I'm going to get you some dog food, and I'll be right back. So I ran down to the deli, and when I came back up, I noticed that there was marijuana on the floor. And I looked on my desk where I had a plastic bag with pot in it. It was gone. And so I find oh, the no. plastic bag completely ripped up on the floor, and so three-quarters of the pot was gone. So I wow. go in the kitchen, and I see the dog is looking at me kind of weird, right? He had eaten all the pots. <laughs> so I tried, you know, I thought I should, well, I should try to train him a little bit. So I told him, bad boy, don't eat my pot. But, but he got all scared. He, and he, was to, he must have been completely stoned on pot and really paranoid. So he stopped foaming at the mouth, and he looked oh, no. really scary. So... Before he just <laughs> bite me, I had to I had to bring him outside, and he just ran down the street, and I never saw him again. And he just you know, he stayed with me for one night, ate my pot, and went on his way. <laughs> he went. He went. He had the munchies. He had the <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Funny. He had the munchies. He had to go to the store. <laughs> the <dog>. Yes. <laughs> You know what's too bad is I just got him in food. He didn't even get to eat his food. I thought he could take his oh, food alone, no. you know, in, in a doggy bag. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. That's funny. So do you have animals now at your house? No. Oh, yes, I do. What am I saying? I got two cats, yeah. Wow. They're very nice. They don't need my okay. blood. They, they, they don't shoot heroin. They're nice cats. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> They're a bunch of squares, you know, my cats. <laughs> yeah, they're they're living in the real world, right? You know yeah. what I want to yeah. ask you? Um, when's your next gig? When are you playing again? Well, there's going to be a book signing at a place, I believe it's called The Cast, on Orchid Street, and that's on uh, uh-huh. May 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be, as far as music... I'm going to do the Mexican City reunion 
at the uh, Bowery Electric, and we're gonna. I'm gonna sing. Um, that's uh, May 27. Well, you know, Philip, I'm going to be there. I'm an ambassador to Mexico's Kansas City Project, so I'm going to be there. We both are, yeah. Peter Cowley running the event. Yeah, so I'm going to see you. I'll see you there. I'll see you there. Great. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Yvonne, yeah. So Spencer and I are both extended family members of Mexico's Kansas City Group. That's cool. That should be great. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. Got a lot of of acts playing there. It's a big. It's a. 25th to the 27th at Bowery Electric, yeah. Max's Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Everybody should come down there, and uh, it should, should be really cool. Yes, it will. And uh, the fact that I'm singing is just another reason to go. And uh, <laughs> That's so I right. hope everybody will come. <laughs> what song? What song are you gonna sing, Phil? Oh, I have no idea, but probably all the Sanders classics, <laughs> like the one you just played. You really pissed me off. And, uh, yeah, Baby well, we, got, in the we have another and, one. We have another one called Baby Glows in the Dark that we're going to play there you too go. when we end our That's show. That's what I just said. We have a, That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we have a little bit more time here. Um, Spencer, you want to? Uh, do you have any more questions that you'd like to ask Phil about the book? I think. Uh, I don't know, unless he's got some stories we haven't uh, discussed yet that he'd like to talk about They're in the book. They're great stories. I'm telling you, yeah, I know. it's been such a fun show. It's really amazing. It's just uh, really, really, really great. And, uh, Phil, you're really funny. You have some great real-life stories that are just, like, amazing. Um, Especially you know, like, when like, like, double the fun. Holly, I want to bring out a point. We've, we've had on our show... Uh, three authors in this area. One is Lex McNeil, uh-huh. Please Kill Me, Stephen Blush yeah. in New York, yeah. and, and, of course, this book. These three books mm-hmm. really go together. If someone wants to buy books, these three books uh, in this punk area should buy uh, Phil's book, should buy Stephen Blush's book, and Lex McNeil. These are like classic books that are in this mm-hmm. culture. That's well described right on. Ways, you know? Way cool. Exactly. And you know, yeah, Lex McNeil wrote the... Lex McNeil wrote the preface to my book also. Right. Uh, yeah. So, and also, I'm, I was interviewed in Please Kill Me. So there's, uh, I mean, Please Kill Me also. So there's uh, definitely a connection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, we had Legs on the show. Holly, I don't know if you know this, but what really makes it great about Legs is I, I found out that on Please Kill Me, he wrote, I don't know if you know this, Holly, he wrote about our show, you know. He actually wrote in Please Kill Me. A release with our show in it, which I, when Legs does something like that, that's like, uh oh, you're really in good, you're in the good area, right? I Phillip, didn't you're in know the that. Area. What did he say you know? about the show? Well, he, he, he posted, um, he po- this is a way back when we were doing the show, and I, I put remember it, some the show. Some of my email, but he, he just mentioned he was on our show, you know, kind of like an announcement that he was on our show, you know, with us, and, um, but I thought, you know, the, the fact that he did he didn't have to do that, but the fact that he did it made, made, made uh, you know, you and I feel highly respected by him by doing that. He doesn't always do that, by the way. He okay, really he's nice. a great I guy. I know that. Yeah. And he's a really cool guy. Book? He's so funny. Yeah. This yeah, is, he is. This he's is a, in the book? In the book? He actually wrote this in the book? No, 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 no. He has a, uh, e- he would have an email release on Please Kill Me every so right, often. Right, I saw that. With uh-huh. the articles. And so one of the articles was about our show. So that's oh, nice. where that comes from. 
Okay. Yeah. So, and I'll that, have the to fact find that you did that, you really highly respected being on our show, which is. Did kind he of mention? Oh. Did he mention the echo? Did no, you know, that's a whole other have, thing. That's you know another. You're special. You have the echo. You know why? <laughs> yeah, the echo. The echo. The echo came with you from that party where you drank the rainbow punch. Okay. Did you notice that it started right after I mentioned that? Yeah. Is that trippy right or what? Right after that story. Right. Exactly. I mean, after I hung up, I'm, this is going to take me weeks to get, you know, to get over this. I, uh, I'm having uh, serious flashbacks here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you have, you have post-traumatic stress disorder from this. <laughs> yes. I'm going to have to see a shrink for years, and it's all your fault. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. You know, um, you know what I wanted to ask you? Um, in regards to your painting, um, have you always, like, no, did you always paint, or was this something that you just picked up as you decided to increase and, and, and expand your, you know, horizons as far as your... No, actually, that was kind of my first love before music. Wow. I, um, really? I got accepted in this very good art school in Paris called Les Beaux-Arts. And yeah. so okay. when uh, I was drawing as a little child all the time, I started uh, playing drums when I was 13, but I was already already painting and drawing then. And so I started the band, The Senders, much later when I was in New York. But it wasn't it wasn't my plan, you know, to do that. It just kind of happened spontaneously. But I, um, I I I was painting before I did music. Yeah. Wow. wow. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. So you you continue <laughs> this and this is something now you're still doing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you play drums. I think I kind of thought, you know, like I, if you're going to put things in order in your life, it's better to be in a rock and roll band when you're a bit younger and then do the painting after when you a uh-huh. bit older. It fits better with the lifestyle. So I did think in the perfect order. It's working out great. Yeah. That's amazing. That's that's, that's pretty, cool, pretty cool, you know, that you did that. Um, um so when you were younger, did you did any of your other family members were they musical at all? Uh no, not at all. I got two brothers and a sister, but they don't do any music. No, no. I'm the only one that uh ended up being a rocker in uh, New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, we want to both thank you so much for being here and bringing your wonderful stories to us because well, meeting all these people me. and and, and yeah, great, uh, telling us all these great stories and I want to thank you Spencer and Spencer, you know, now that we have a little more time, why don't you talk a little bit more about your event? When is it going to be again? It'll be uh May 18th. Uh, 7 to 9 p.m. at Howell Gallery in New York, um, and uh, and they're located at 6 East 1st Street, around the corner from John Varvato's famous store Mm -hmm. and the Bowery. Mm -hmm. And it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be talking about all our album covers and 45s and even posters that we've done, like the famous Velvet Underground poster, which won many awards, the Metallic Banana poster, or the famous metal box for uh, for Lou Reed, the Magic and Lost right. Edition, and and of course the Peel Off Banana for the Velvet Underground limited edition CD and and classic album covers like End of the Century and 
the Mick Rock photo sessions and all these stories that people don't know about. Um, and oh, that cool. the band, when I was on Marky Ramone's serious show interviewed, uh, Marky really opened me up to let me know certain facts that I didn't even know that Ramones were into certain things and how they related to, uh, they really liked my album covers that I never knew. And, and that they um, wanted to have the in, the inner sleeve <laughs> the inner sleeve artwork that I did for uh, End of the Century to be the cover, which blew my mind totally. But they ended up using it for 45s in Europe. The actual uh, posterization. Oh, wow. of the Mick, wow. It was the posterization of the Mick Rock photograph. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, used for 45s in Europe. So I have copies of that, and it's very interesting. So the the two images, the front cover and also the inner sleeve. Uh, art uh, a posterization of that photograph is interesting how they're both used in different ways and um, it was part of the part of the picture but of course the, the most controversial thing is the front cover of end of the century where they're in t-shirts and that was a big thing i mean the ramones mm-hmm. and without t-shirts the leather oh jacket. God, no. mm-hmm. yeah without the leather yeah. jacket but yeah. the inner the inner sleeve is actually the photo shot with them in leather jackets but but it's posterized posterized posterization done so it's black they turn black on a like an orange background and it's really beautiful oh, wow. okay Mick Brock is iconic photographer so that's there's three covers he's known for the I love rock and roll the queen cover and that cover into the century those are the three album covers uh and by the way Mick he's such a cool guy to happen rock. to know him good yeah, yeah. He's, he's a very great. nice guy. He's very nice, mm-hmm. very nice. All my life, wonderful mm-hmm. person. So uh, you know, Holly and, and the I pictures have pictures he took of David Bowie and stuff. Yeah, he's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Holly yeah, and I. Yeah, you know, what's funny? Yeah. What's funny is he told he told us and he told me told me before that when he first started out, he used to travel around with Bowie, and everyone used to think that he was David Bowie's personal photographer. That's how he really got started shooting Bowie. Yeah. Wow. So that that was pretty interesting. That story. And I then love the pictures you did of Sid Barrett too. Oh, the mm-hmm. Sid Barrett. By the way, wait a minute. Yeah. This is wait a minute. You got to hear this one. Roddy Bagua who's a friend of mine, filmmaker, who's been on our show. He did a uh, uh-huh. great movie on Storm Thurston. He's doing a movie on Sid Barrett coming out, coming out. His movie's in post-production Ooh. with Sid Barrett. Interview with Mick Rock and Pink Floyd in it, and uh, following that, he'll be on our show about that. He'll be on our show about that. Great. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. Well, that'll be cool. That'll be very oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, well, be really I, cool. I'm that looking... Makes, you know, I'm looking forward to um, Phil's next book that he's going to do. Because you, yeah. you alluded that you're going to write a, maybe another book. What's your other book going to be about, Phil? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> don't count on this too soon. <laughs> uh, Come on, well, it, it took me 30 years of crazy living to have enough for, for Punk Avenue. You know? If I did a sequel of whatever happened after, it would be way boring, don't, you know, compared to uh, Punk Avenue. No. <laughs> you, I don't think anything could be. Boring. I don't think. You I think you got funny. stories you didn't put it. You know, Holly. I think oh, he yeah. had stories he couldn't put in the first book that he has for the second I'm book. Sure. Sure. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure of that. <laughs> right. I'm sure of that. And Phil, you are a very, very um, funny man, and not meaning that in a bad way. You have a lot of really oh, good one. great. Story. Yeah, and thank you. He has a yeah. you have a beautiful spirit, and I can hear yep. that in you. So yep. I can tell that you have a lot more 
to give to the world. So your music, no, thank you very much. Art, very true. And uh, we're really looking forward to a possible follow-up, and we would love to have you back. Um, I'm really Maybe I could write a book echo. about that time I was on the radio show with an echo that was going on at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we wish you a lot of a lot of success, and we hope that you have a really great interview in with your uh, with I think what was it Brian in Boston? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 You have a good interview with Brian. Is it tomorrow that you're doing it? Yeah. 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 yeah cool. Uh, okay. Cool. Well, maybe tomorrow Brian can give us a shout out. And, um, so Brian, thank you so much for calling in, and good luck tomorrow on your interview. Yeah, you go. You should call him during his show. It could be your revenge. Oh. <laughs> I don't, no, it's not like that. It's like that. I'm glad he called in. It's cool, you know? Yes, but I'm I think he set up the echo. I'm all for promoting. I'm all for promoting. I do everything for the right reason, Phil. Okay, I'm all for promoting other people's things because I think it's really important to get the the message out there. So my reasoning is I wish it, I would I, I all the more reason just to get it out there to people that couldn't right. tune in today and again for right. everyone listening if you tuned in late or you tuned in after I was late and screwed up because well I didn't screw up the studio screwed up and somebody out there decided to change my password again so stalker beware you are ISP tracked um I just want to let you know that I'll know when I hang up the phone who it was, and I'm sure we both know who it was. But anyway, what I wanted to say was um, everyone out there uh, listening, the show will be available on iTunes afterwards, on um, iTunes, and also on demand on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio, and the Cafe with myself and my my with Spencer Drake um, with the Indie Cafe, and I want to thank Spencer so much for bringing Phil into the show today. And uh, thank you, Spencer. Be, oh, cool, yeah, man! It was great having you on. Friday. Holly and I love you. You know, it's cool. Yeah, and we're thank be you. Back next Friday, and yep. uh, Spencer's event will be soon. And um, gosh, oh, it's Nick of the Bio, guys. Listen, before I hang up, I want to say, don't drink and drive today. Um, celebrate, have fun wherever you are. But, oh, one more thing, uh, Holly, can I say one more thing? I just want to say yeah, one Punk more Avenue. thing. What? I want to say one more what? thing. Punk <laughs> Avenue and the new and the new Blondie album, Pollinator, get the new Pollinator oh, yes. album. Yeah, we gave a big shout out on that at the beginning. Yep. I know Barbara's been been posting, and I posted, and a lot of people yeah, got me it too. today. You yeah, got me it too. today. Yeah. And, Yep. What's really the few cool songs I heard were really great. A really good you know, album. Really good album. I have a question for you, Phil, because Spencer and I talked about this before. Spencer, don't say anything. I want to ask Phil if he agrees. Yeah, sure. Phil, sure. have you heard? Have you heard some some of the tracks already? Yeah. Okay, I want to ask you. Doesn't it sound like they brought the old Blondie back, the old sound, but it's even better? Right. Yes, absolutely. It's right in the vein of. Uh, I agree with you. It's uh, it's it's that it's that early Blondie sound. Yeah, yep. totally. Well, but, the, but the you know what got me also? You know it's also got me also the production of it. The sound. If you listen to it very carefully, the sound is a little bit different. It's like. It's really cool. They've got a cool sound. You know what I'm saying? It's not the straight Blondie sound. It's kind of like there's a little bit of a production thing done in the recording 
that makes it a very great, very different. It's very you know edgy. edgy. Yeah, exactly, Holly. Exactly, uh-huh. you got it. Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And always, you know, her voice is so great, and yeah, she's oh my just God. a great singer. Oh, unbelievable. Timeless, yeah. right? Good, perfect. Yeah. Debbie rules. Yep. She yep. does. Debbie rules, man. Debbie rules. Well, with that, with that, <laughs> we are going to end our show, and we are going to play "Baby Glows in the Dark." And let's see if I can get right. this to play. Yeah. And, uh, I want to thank you again so much for being here today. And for everyone listening, thank you. Tune in next Friday. And, again, uh, enjoy your weekend. Don't drink and drive. And this is really fun. And for everyone that tuned in, I'm sorry about the snafu at the beginning of the show. And for everyone who tried to go into the chat room, sorry there was no chat room today, but you could have called in. So there you go. Okay, Brian called in. Okay, all right. Here you guys go. Bill, I'll see you at Bowery Electric. All right. Great to talk with you guys. Yeah. 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 Hey, we're the same girl, We're going to do the same thing for you. Yeah.